All right, welcome to our latest installment of Mac Chat, our podcast from McDonald Area Catholic Schools. I'm Molly. I'm here today with Wendy and Rose Buckman. And before I forget, I'd like to acknowledge the sponsor of this episode, Stelter Incorporated. And the Stelter family has many generations of Max students. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Stelter Inc., for your sponsorship and support. Now moving on to our topic, I'm so excited to welcome Wendy and Rose. They are resilient and brilliant women, and you'll find out why. So let's start by uh, going to Wendy because they say age before beauty. (laughs) I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, But we'll start with Wendy, and Wendy is currently a math teacher here at McDonald High School. But there's a lot more to the story, isn't there, Wendy? Oh, um, I don't know. (laughs) Like maybe six children? I do have have six kids. I I taught here for two years when my husband and I were first married, and then I stayed home for about 26 years, uh, raising my six children. And then I came back when they were looking for a math teacher. So here I am. I'm back. (laughs) Is this your third year back? This is my third year back. Wonderful. And um, I have to say a little earlier today, the principal came up and showed me a video of your, I think it was geometry class. Yes. That the song they sing at the beginning of every class. Well, wait. (laughs) Rose left. It's not the beginning of every class, but we are singing it right now. It's um, the siding angle side song, which is the song we sing because it's the four ways to prove triangles are congruent. And then we'll hit the fifth one later. That's a little bit later. But so we sing it and there's actions and it's fun and the kids remember it. And I always uh, I always think when they're 40 or 50 years old, then someone come, you know, oh, yeah, we're proving triangles are congruent. They're going to be like, oh, the song, it's in my head still. (laughs) Yeah, it's really effective. Think of those jingles from 40 years ago that we still remember. So, yeah, you're all of your six children have our alumni or then you have Sarah still attending. Yeah. Yeah. Rose, where do you fall in the lineup of the, the brilliant Buckman's? I am second oldest, so I have one older brother, Paul, and then I have four younger siblings. So tell me, Rose, you graduated, I believe, in 2013. Is that right? Yep. Yep. And it sounds like you've been doing some amazing things since then. So before I ask you to dig real deep and go all the way back to your high school days, um, can you kind of catch us up to speed on what you've been up to? Uh, well, I've been at school since I graduated, so I've never left school. Um, I went straight to the Milwaukee School of Engineering to get my bachelor's degree in biomedical engineering. Um, and then right after undergraduate, I went to grad school to start my PhD, also in biomedical engineering at Cornell University. So I currently live in Ithaca, New York. And I do research full time. So what uh, what is your current research focusing on? So right now I work on two different things, um, but they're related. So I do infectious disease diagnostics and nutrition diagnostics. 
all to be applied in what we call limited resource settings. So in places like developing countries where they don't have access to a lot of the infrastructure that we might have in the United States. Well, I followed that pretty well. Um, I did <laughs> want to do a little bit of myth busting because I couldn't, when I think of the two of you, I can't help but think of the stereotype of women not being good at math and science. <laughs> Have you ever heard that one? Um, and you're like, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, I've heard it and I laugh. And you laugh and we have to laugh. So I'm just, it. it's such a blessing for me to know both of you because I do happen to be one of those women who isn't as strong in math and science. So to just know fabulous women like yourselves that are excelling in math and science and especially, I mean, the research sounds like it's it's kind of wave making research. I mean, sounds cool to me. Like it could really be making a difference in people's lives. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> it certainly sounds so. Um, you have to know what's wrong before you know how to fix it, right? Mm -hmm. Typically. Uh, so you said Milwaukee School of Engineering and Cornell University. Um, do you feel, I guess, Rose, and maybe I should have known the answer to this question beforehand, but do you feel then that your McDonald education like really prepared you for what you've been able to do since? Yeah, I mean, I think that McDonald really laid the groundwork for the type of education that I wanted to pursue. So I was really interested in taking some of the harder classes, as hard as they were for me in high school. I've taken much, much harder classes now um, so I really appreciate all of the time that the teachers were able to take with me in like calculus and AP statistics and all of those classes to really prepare me. And like you were saying before, like women being bad at math and science, that's obviously not true. And I think McDonald really like encouraged me to take those classes. And my mom encouraged me to take those classes, telling me that I could be good at them if I just worked hard. Um, so I really learned that I could do this when I was in high school. And that's the reason I felt confident to pursue eventually my PhD. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Wendy, would you add anything? You just smile, the proud mom smile is what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> I can't blame you. Well, one thing I think with Rose, you know, uh, a lot of times people talk about grit and that kind of stick-to-itiveness and Rose is, is a great example of that, that if, you know, when things weren't working, she was gonna try harder and, you know, work around it or come up with a way to get through it. And um, uh, I, just, I just think, yeah, you know, my kids got grit and that is really the, you know, like the leading thing to, tell if a person is going to be successful in their life or not. Yeah, back to your, and I, I had mentioned at the beginning that resilient, you know, you had mentioned that the presentation you gave today, Rose, was called, so let's say if I got it right, resilient and brilliant, lessons from living abroad, ultra marathons, and engineering, right? Did I get it right? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I could, I really thought the, the themes of like resiliency that theme is really big. Um, and I agree, you know, research does show that resiliency is one of the most important qualities, if not the most important to predict your success and happiness in life. So sounds like you're on the right track. 
Um, I hope so. <laughs> and so. So we heard about the engineering. Uh, and so the other thing I noticed from the, the uh, title of your talk was ultra marathons. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that, Rose? Yeah, so I have always really liked swimming. And I swam in high school. Actually, from the time I was eight until high school, I swam competitively. Um, both at the YMCA in Chippewa Falls and then on the Chai High McDonald swim team. And then in college, I stopped swimming. But when I got to grad school, there are two nice pools on Cornell's campus. I started swimming again. And we live right by a huge lake called Cayuga Lake. And so I started doing some open water swimming. And one of the things that you can do in open water swimming is you can swim for a very long time and never reach the end. And so I guess I just kept swimming and I did a couple of open water races that were relatively short. And then I moved to longer open water swims. Um, so to date, some of the longest swims I've done is I swam around the island of Manhattan. That was in September 2020. And then just this last June, actually, mom was there, too. I swam yep. 36 miles up the Red River in North Dakota. Up the river. Well, with the with current, the but actually the oh. current comes from south to north. It's a very interesting river. <laughs> uh, interesting. So I have to ask, what goes through your mind when you're just swimming? Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. <laughs> um, <laughs> not much, actually. I try not to think too much about what I'm doing. <laughs> I think that just one of the things when when things get hard, during these really long swims, I like to think about all of the preparation I've had training and I like to distract myself by thinking about the research projects that I'm working on. There's definitely a lot of time to think about literally everything. I can think about anything for a very long time. Right. So I had written down somebody, I don't know if this is accurate, that the, the Manhattan, so the circumnavigation of Manhattan on that fateful day in September. Took eight hours, 11 minutes and 53 seconds. So yep. that sounds about right. Yep. So I'm thinking that normally some of us have good ideas like in the shower and it might be <laughs> 10 minutes. So if you really wanna be a PhD, you need to go in the water for eight hours instead of 10 minutes. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I actually thought of one of the ideas that later became my main research project. I thought of it on a six-hour training swim. That was when the idea first came to me. So I guess maybe there is something to be said about that. <laughs> maybe another research project. Find a colleague that wants maybe. to research like brain waves in the water or something. <laughs> oh. Well, that is really cool. So I wonder, you know, what are some challenges that you've had to face over the years um, that, you know, you've had to show your grit to get through and persevere? Um, I think the, the three main ones have been school and academics. I think in every person's life, you come to challenges academically that are that are really hard to get through, whether it's because you don't feel like you're smart enough or, I mean, the classes, especially in engineering school are just really difficult and you aren't going to be able to get it right away. You have to put in a lot of work. So that has required a lot of perseverance and grit. Um, and then I guess the second one 
Uh, mom and I, and actually all of my siblings, have a genetic disorder that causes a lot of chronic pain and mobility issues. So dealing with that, obviously, you have to be resilient. Like you have no choice. You have to be able to overcome challenges, um, deal with the pain, deal with the access issues and things like that. And then the third one that I willingly put myself through is these ultra marathons. And you said you've done two or three ultra marathons now? Um, I've actually done four that qualify as ultra marathons. The first two um, were a little shorter. So one of them was a 15 kilometer swim in Canada. And then the second one I did, I actually did it like 13 days after the first one. <laughs> and it was a 10 mile swim in Seneca Lake. Wow. Tell her how long it took you to swim that last one in North Dakota. Oh, the 36 mile one took 14 hours, 40 minutes. Wow. <laughs> and you didn't hit any rapids though or anything, did you? No. <laughs> there, was a, there was a little bit of a current and mom watched the whole time. I did. From where? From the shore. So <laughs> <laughs> Not in the water, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I watched as much as I could. Um, so we would drive, you know, so we watched, we went at like five in the morning to watch her get in the water and everyone cheers, go, go, go. And, and then they swim. And then they tell us the next good spot to go watch. And so we actually went home, went back to the apartment or the hotel and we uh, went back to sleep while Rose was swimming at the beginning <laughs> because it was going to be a long day for us, too. <laughs> right. And so then we knew about what time to go back to the first spot. And so then we sat there and talked to the other moms and dads who were waiting for their children to swim by. And then it's like, oh, oh, here she comes. And so then go, 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 go. And then she'd swim by and then we'd get in the car and we'd, we'd drive to the next spot and wait there. <laughs> And then so we watched as, as much as we could, as much as we were able to, but it was really exciting and fun. Wow. Is it ever tempting to give up in the middle of those or are you just so <laughs> deep into your research project planning that you don't notice the roads? Um, I think I want to give up like at least once every 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it gets really tiring, obviously. And so you have to convince yourself that it's worth doing. And so every 30 minutes, I actually will eat food. And mm -hmm. so during those times, I'm like, I could, I could just stop. I could just be done. And you know that you could get out and, and everything would be over and you wouldn't have to swim anymore. And it, it gets very tempting after a few hours. <laughs> so what is your training plan like for that kind of, uh, that kind of preparation? Um, so the swims are always in the summer. So I usually start training around December or January and I slowly build up, um, over probably like three or four months. And then I reach kind of a, a high level of distance training that I'm doing. And I maintain that for a while. And then as soon as the lake is warm enough, I, go into the lake for very long swims on weekends or whenever I have time after work. And eventually I build up to 
multi-hour swims either by myself or with a kayaker who comes with me and feeds me along the way and then I just hope that the swims that I do the competitions will go well <laughs> awesome uh Wendy I know we were focusing a lot on Rose's accomplishments I do want to ask you a little bit about you know your teaching experience here at McDonald and just you know what do you love about teaching what draws you to teaching Oh, well, I love the kids. I absolutely love the kids. And I like, um, I mean, math is so much fun for me. And it really is. And people who are not like that are like, oh, come on, math isn't really fun. And it's like, no, 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 it really is. Math is super fun for me and so interesting. And I love getting the kids excited about it. And I love getting the kids, you know, where they're like, my favorite thing to hear is, Mrs. Buckman, this is so easy. And it's like, yes, it is. Oh, yeah. You know, because that's the whole goal that, you know, math isn't too hard to learn. Um, one kind of joke that I always like to say, especially around other teachers is, you know, there's only one way to teach math. The trick is you have to find that way for each kid you have that, um, you know, sometimes I can teach it one way and maybe, you know, maybe only a handful of kids will understand what I'm saying. So then it's like, oh, let's back up and let's try it again. And, and let's use some different words and some different examples and some, you know, a different way. And so while I, you know, not, not like exactly while I'm teaching, but like in during my prep time at night, sometimes I'm looking up, you know, other ways to teach this or, you know, to figure out a way. But when the kids, you know, they, um, they like it, they like math mm -hmm. and it's fun for them. And I just love that, that, you know, I can get kids who maybe, you know, were at best sometimes, you know, like kind of iffy, on if they could even tolerate math. They just took it because they had to. To um, We just had parent-teacher conferences and I had so many parents come in just to thank me, to say, uh, and, they, and they really did. They said, thank you. My son or my daughter has always hated math. And now they come home and they say, math is my favorite subject. Mrs. Buckman makes it so much fun. And I just think, yay, you know, math can be your favorite subject. And it is fun to see that and see the kids get excited about it. And that's that's my favorite thing. And um, here at a Catholic school, you know, I, I love to share my faith with my students. And if they have questions, you know, I'm, I'm a mom age for these high school kids. And, um, you know, and they, they feel comfortable enough asking me the question, you know, questions about, you know, about, you know, what does the Catholic Church teach about this or that? Or um, I know when we were talking about percentages in algebra, um, I talked about tithing. And they're like, what is that? And it's like, let me tell you what that is. And, you know, even some of that kind of stuff. And it's just fun to see the kids, um, you know, really grow in their both their knowledge and their and their understanding of math, but also their excitement in math. Wonderful. I just, I love the idea that you can have fun doing math because I was definitely one, you know, kind of clicked for me in geometry. I thought proofs were really fun. So that was the moment it clicked for me that math could be fun. 
um, uh, my two oldest children aren't big into math, but my current eighth grader is her favorite subject Ooh, currently. So all right. you're going to have one who's ready to have a lot of fun Good. next year. Hopefully. Good. Um, and you mentioned, you know, your faith and being able to bring that to what you do. And I am so glad you did because we want to integrate the faith in all of our across the curricula. Right. Right. But the question is, some people are like, well, how do I do that in this subject? And the one that I think is often brought up is math. Well, how could you, you know, integrate the faith into math? And you've just answered, you've answered that for us just now. So I think that's really interesting. Um, and there is a logic and order to the universe. Absolutely. And it's intelligible mm-hmm. because there's an intelligent creator. Am I right? Right. Can yep. I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> Um, so, you know, with that, I was wanting to ask you the same question, Rose, um, just how has your faith affected your, your studies, your activities throughout your life to this point? Um, I think a big aspect for me was like mom was talking about the willingness of my high school teachers to share with me like their personal beliefs and like their faith Um, and having that community has been really helpful. I just remember in high school when I was swimming competitively like all the support I got through dealing with the diagnosis of the genetic disorder and still wanting to swim and like just all of the support and understanding that there's something more than just this life, like just because I'm in pain doesn't mean I'll be in pain forever. Um, And the support I got around dealing with all of that was really beneficial and honestly gave me the confidence to continue going to school and being in school and swimming as well. And I feel it's really inspiring, you know, to see people persevering in faith and not letting the bumps in life and even some really big challenges get you down. And I think you're right. You know, if you, if you confront those challenges without faith, it becomes almost impossible to get through them. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I think you have to believe that there's, there's more to life than just like your physical body. And I think about that a lot when I'm dealing with pain is you have to, you have to believe there's something more. Otherwise, like why, why go through it? You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I did want to also ask um, for at a lighter subject, Rose, if you have any funny stories or memories from your time at McDonald that you want to share. Or lessons learned. Sorry, I'm pondering. My computer, (laughs) my computer was frozen for a little bit. Um, Funny stories. (laughs) I said, or memories, or lessons learned. Okay, one of my favorite things that happened in high school. I had a swim meet, and I got to invite teachers every year to a specific Zoom meet. And so I remember Father Justin Kazuski came once and um, one of my favorites was Mr. Ryder. 
coming to my swim meet and getting to watch me swim. I always thought that was really fun because I was the only student from McDonald on the swim team. And so to have some of the teachers there and have my parents there, it was really a meaningful experience to have that much support. Thank you for sharing that. And then what would, I guess, what advice would you give to a young person, perhaps, you know, a current McDonald's student who might want to pursue a career in STEM? Um, I think the big lesson that I learned in high school was that even though I might be, or I might consider myself to be smart, it takes more than just being smart to do science or engineering. Like you have to be able to work hard. You have to be able to overcome the, the times when you feel like the most unintelligent person in the world. You have to be able to keep going and keep studying and keep trying even when you don't feel like you want to. All right, anything else that you want to add, Wendy? I don't know. Can you think of anything else, Rose? I don't know. I just keep nope. thinking of all the geometry songs that I've heard <laughs> as you prepare for your <laughs> classes. Yeah. It really likes teaching. Is it time for a duet? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the don't song. Know. I don't know. I don't know the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I found a new song for this year, so I'll have to sing that to you. It's about point slope form. Oh, good. Can't <laughs> wait. You know, on YouTube, or where do you yeah, find that? I thought, oh, I thought maybe you were, like, composing these. No. Perhaps, <laughs> you know, on a long swim. Yeah, maybe. Go <laughs> <laughs> a long swim and compose some new, uh, you know, theorems. One of my <laughs> students asked me, Mrs. Buckman, I can't remember the point slope song. Or I can't remember point slope formula. Can you make up a song right now to so I can remember? <laughs> no, I can't make up a song right now. <laughs> I said, but I can Google to see if someone else made up the song, and then we and then we sing it, and we sing it, and we sing it. <laughs> it's kind of like church songs, though. If you if you listen long enough, you realize many of them have the same tune. It's just different words. Yeah. So maybe you can use that trick sometime. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. It's been a blessing. And just thank you for sharing your stories and your memories and your advice. Well, thank you, Molly. All right. We'll see you all next or hear from you all next time on our next episode of Mac Chat.